I want to open up Luke chapter 19 from verse 29. As I've already said, today we are celebrating Palm Sunday as it started to be called in the Geo, uh, Judea Christian world. Palm Sunday from the term of palm branches. And this is the very story I want to read. It says in Luke chapter 19 verse 29. It says, And it came to pass when Jesus drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the mountain of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. This image of Jesus Christ the Sunday before his crucifixion, six days before his crucifixion, he is coming into Jerusalem once again. And this time he comes in very differently. He would come in as a rabbi. He would come in with his disciples. This is not the first time Jesus enters Jerusalem. We see in the book of John at least three other times. But history tells us that at that time, Jesus being a devout Jew, he would have been visiting uh, Jerusalem two to three times a year for these festivals. But this time it's a different entry. This time Jesus comes in and he fulfills yet another prophecy about him. And he says, go into this village, take this colt where nobody has sat on and bring him to me. And Jesus rides in on, the, on this colt or this donkey. And he fulfills yet another prophecy that Isaiah and Zechariah prophesied that the king is coming. He's coming lowly on the colt. He's entering this time no longer as a rabbi, but as a king. And some we see receiving him. We see his disciples. We see the crowd starts to celebrate, starts to say, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And at the same time, we see Pharisees that do not receive him. And they start to rebuke and they start to say, Jesus, would you tell them to stop? Jesus, would you tell them not to shout these things? I've titled this message, Allow Jesus to Enter. Allow Jesus to Enter. You see, Jesus never enters by force. And some at the time actually wanted him to take over the kingdom and, and cast it out by force and become their new reigning king. But Jesus comes in on a cult. That's a sign of peace. He calls himself the king of peace, the prince of peace. And Jesus enters as a king into Jerusalem. When Jesus enters any situation, transformation comes. When Jesus enters any home, change comes. 
When Jesus comes in, the situation changes because he's in the midst. That's why right now in your home, Jesus is in the midst for that very reason. For change, for transformation, for, for whatever's been bothering you to be laid down at the cross. In Revelations chapter 3 verse 20 it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That is Jesus Christ standing at the doors of our hearts, at the doors of our minds, at the doors of our lives, and knocking and saying, would you let me enter? Would you allow me to enter? And he says, he who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with him. Jesus entered into many people's lives throughout the three years of ministry that he had on this earth. Jesus left us so many stories, so many examples. And he comes in in different situations and he brings about different results. Jesus has entered many, many times as the healer. In Luke chapter 4, verse 38, he comes into Peter's home and it says, Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's home. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and served them. We see Simon, a disciple of Jesus Christ, and yet sickness has entered his home. His, his wife's mother is laying sick, and as Jesus enters that situation, he brings about the change that is necessary. When Jesus comes in, it says they made requests about her. You know, today we're praying for Angel. Today we're believing for Angel. And that is biblical because we can stand and intercede on behalf of our brothers, our sisters, our sons, our daughters, our church, our family. And we could say, Lord, we make requests for this healing. And by faith, we believe in that. And Jesus enters that situation and healing is released. Sickness has to go when Jesus comes in. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. That is the truth of today. That is the truth of tomorrow. That's the truth of yesterday. Because Jesus is yesterday, today, and forever the same. If you're in need of healing right now, allow Jesus to enter this. Allow him to enter into that situation. You don't need to fight for it yourself. You don't need to find the, the who to trust. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're not against medicine. We're not against hospitals. We're for that. That's incredible. God gave us wisdom. But our healer is Jesus Christ. And when medicine says there's no way out, we do not lose hope. We do not lose faith, but we say, Jesus Christ, I allow you to enter. Jesus Christ, come into this situation and do what you can do. I speak to anybody that's sick at home, anybody that's hurting right now, allow Jesus to enter into that situation. Put your hand on the place in your body that hurts. Just pray right now. Allow him to come and touch you in the name of Jesus Christ. Not only has Jesus entered as the healer, but he's entered as the protector. In Luke chapter 8, such a famous story, but I'll read it. In verse 22, it says, Now it happened 
on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us come over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down to the lake. And they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And it ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Jesus Christ enters our life as the protector. Jesus Christ enter our lives, enters our life and says, I will look over you. He says, he calls himself a father. He calls himself our friend. He's a protector. You see, we have nothing to fear because Jesus Christ is with us. Dennis mentioned the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They found themselves before a raging flame, yet they knew who their protector was. Jesus Christ enters this situation and instantly there's a transformation. The, the ocean, or sorry, the lake is raging. Uh, Galilee is, is storming and the boats start to fill with water and it says their life was in jeopardy. Their life was critically in jeopardy, yet Jesus Christ stands up and says, peace, be still, and the water's calm. I really, really like what I heard last week uh, listening to a, a preacher preach, and he, he said, you know, there's a difference in words. Words have power. But our words as human beings, they tend to be descriptive. We talk about things and we describe what our eyes are seeing. We see this pulpit and we say it's a square pulpit with a wooden top, with a steel uh, leg. But if Jesus was to say these words, if he said a square pulpit with a wooden top and a steel leg, another one would appear right here. Because his words are creative. Because he spoke the world into existence. He speaks. And so when Jesus comes into your situation and says, peace, be still, he creates peace. He creates peace. He says, I leave you with a gift and my gift is peace. But not the way this world gives peace. Because this world is circumstantial. Today the world gives peace because the economy is strong. But tomorrow... The economy is gone and peace leaves and people fall into anxiety and people fall into depression. People fall into fear. But Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today and forever. He enters into a situation and he enters as a protector. Jesus Christ, he protects at all times. He protected his disciples by giving himself and allowing them to go free in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus Christ did not let them get arrested, but he said, take me. Here I am. Take me. Jesus Christ is the protector for your life. If you're struggling with fear, if you're struggling with something that's, that's causing you to be afraid with the unknowns around you, I am here to tell you and to remind you and to encourage you that Jesus Christ is your protector. He enters into the situation as a protector. In Isaiah chapter 52 verse 12 it says, for you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. You do not need to run. You do not need to flee. You do not need to fear. For the Lord your God goes before you and is your rear guard. You don't need to look over your back. You can sleep safely at home because the Lord is your guard before you and he's your rear guard. 
Psalm 91, it talks about those who make the Lord their refuge. Allow Jesus Christ to enter into that situation. Allow him to enter into that situation. Allow him to be the guard that you're looking for. Allow him to be the one you trust in. The Lord, your God, goes before you and he's your rear guard. Jesus has come in as the provider. Jesus Christ has come in as the provider. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus finishes speaking from Simon Peter's boat. And it says in verse 4, And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had, let, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. For now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. The story shows Simon Peter, an experienced fisherman that says, listen, I worked all night, but the economy just isn't good. Listen, I worked all night. I tried everything I could. I, all the education I had, all the experience I had, it finally failed me. But when Jesus comes into the situation, everything changes. When Jesus comes into the situation, economy has to change. When Jesus comes into this, this situation, the provider arrives. The provider finally enters the scene. Jesus Christ is your provider. Allow Jesus to enter your situation. I don't know where you're going through financially, but I can tell you, just like Dennis said, I'm in the wrong industry right now. I'm in auto sales, and it's not the hottest industry. But I know that Jesus Christ is my provider. My business has never become my provider. Jesus Christ is my provider. He is my provider. He is your provider. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, allow Jesus to enter. Allow him to enter. When fear starts to, starts to play with your mind, starts to give you uh, thoughts that are stopping you from sleeping, allow Jesus to enter. When I say allow him to enter, I'm talking about a response. I'm talking about an actual action that says, Stop thinking about that. That actually talks to yourself. You see, we find David. He speaks to his soul. He's, David catches himself and says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? I will worship the Lord. Today, somebody needs to speak to their soul. Somebody needs to speak to their thoughts and say, No, I allow Jesus to be my provider. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know where this economy is going. But Jesus Christ will walk me through it. He will walk me through it. He will take me by the hand and he will walk me through it. Jesus Christ is your provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He has not changed. He has not changed. We see how the people of Israel leaving Egypt, they walked through the desert for so many years, yet they were always provided for.
in the desert. It's the God that creates with his words. It's the God that's not uh, held back by circumstances. He's a creative God. He's a God who stands in the gap for us. Jesus Christ has come into all these situations. And, and well, I would run out of time to talk about every situation we see just in the Gospels. Yet the Gospels say that they would run out of space and books to write everything Jesus actually did. The Gospels are just a glimpse of what Jesus did. Don't think for a second that the, the few books that we have in the Bible describe the life of Jesus. It's just a glimpse. And yet we see Jesus coming in as the comforter. We see Jesus coming into the situation with Lazarus and he comes in and he comforts those around. We see Jesus coming in as the giver of life in the story of Lazarus, in the story with Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. His daughter is dead, but he says, have no fear, only believe. He enters into that situation. Jairus allows him to come in. And as Jesus enters, change comes into the situation. We see Jesus come as a friend. We see him come as a friend. And even to those who weren't friends to him, Jesus comes as a friend. If you're feeling lonely right now, allow Jesus to enter. Allow him to come as a friend. Allow him to come as a comforter. You're not alone. Don't believe the thoughts that you may be hearing. But as we discuss all these things that Jesus comes in as, I recognize one thing. That the most important thing Jesus needs to enter my heart as is as Lord. Jesus needs to come into my life as Lord. You see, coming in as a savior, or, or sorry, coming in as a healer, coming in as a provider, coming in as a protector, as a comforter, those are all good things and they come with Jesus. But the lives that were truly transformed are those lives who allowed Jesus to enter as Lord. Allow Jesus to enter as king. Allow Jesus to enter as their Messiah. Allow him to become the authority in their life. God is focused on our hearts. He is less concerned about my business than the condition of my heart. He is less concerned about my name than the condition of my heart. He's less concerned with even my comfort than the condition of my heart. You know, in John chapter 6, if you read that chapter, it's one of the most difficult chapters for people to understand. And Jesus talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And he, he says the truth, and he says it very plainly. And many people were following him at the time. And it says many times in the Gospels, the crowds would follow him because of the signs that they saw. Because they were fed by the, by the loaves and the fish. And here Jesus says that, and many start to depart. And in verse 67 of John chapter 6, it says, Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ and the Son of the living God. Jesus came into Simon's life as the provider. He came and he said, Simon, cast your nets. And Simon's life transformed. He saw a man that could provide in the midst of impossibilities. 
But in John chapter 6, Jesus enters Simon's life as the Lord and his Messiah. Simon says, Jesus, where shall I go? Because you are now the Lord of my life. You are now everything that my life stands on. Jesus Christ is standing in our life and he's knocking and he's saying, would you allow me to not just be your healer, not just be your provider, not just be your protector, but would you allow me to be your Lord? Would you allow me to be everything for you? You see, when Jesus comes in as Lord, lives changed. He comes up to Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I need to enter your house as Lord. And when Zacchaeus allows Jesus to enter his house as Lord, Zacchaeus' life goes from a sinful tax collector to a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, when Saul on the road to Damascus meets Jesus, Jesus talks to him and he says, Saul, Saul, why are you going against me? Saul, let me into your life as Lord. And when Saul receives Jesus, Saul becomes Paul. Jesus Christ, when he enters as Lord, he becomes the full authority. When we allow Jesus Christ to be Lord, we allow his word to be the authority in our life. And that means whenever my life faces a situation where my life does not agree with his word, my life has to change, not his word. I put my life on the altar instead of trying to alter the word. I put my life on the altar and say, Lord, change this in me. Lord, this does not match what I see in your word. Jesus Christ needs to enter our lives as Lord. You see, when Jesus Christ enters your life as Lord, everything else that we talked about, it comes as a package deal. When Jesus Christ is, is in my life as Lord, I allow him to be my protector. I allow him to be my provider. I allow him to be my comforter. I allow him to be my healer. In the book of Acts, we find this Peter. This Peter who's not perfect. This Peter who's a man like you and I. But he is bound between two soldiers awaiting a death sentence whose friend had just been beheaded just a few days prior. And Peter is sleeping. It says Peter slept. To me, that is a clear sign of a man who allowed Jesus Christ to become his Lord. It's a man who allowed Jesus Christ to enter into his life as Lord. No longer was Jesus just a provider. And Peter didn't need proof of provision to follow him. No longer was Peter following Jesus because of the signs that he saw. No longer, as it said in the very beginning, were they singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. Because they had seen many signs. At this point, Jesus Christ is the Lord of Peter's life. And Peter, recognizing who Jesus really is, he says, I'm allowed to sleep. I'm allowed to be in comfort because Jesus Christ is on my side. Because he's with me and he's for me. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, the story tells us that the Lord says, why did you trust these other armies? And God reminds this king and says, you should have trusted me. And God himself says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you've done foolishly. He's talking about foolishness because the king decided to trust another army. 
because the king decided to say, this looks safe. I don't know what you're deciding to trust, but Jesus Christ is standing at the door knocking, saying, would you allow me to be the Lord of your life? Would you allow me to be the authority in your life? Would you allow me to direct your life the way I want it to go, not the way you want? Jesus Christ is standing at the door and knocking. Jesus Christ is knocking saying, would you allow me? David, recognizing this in his life, in Psalm 27 says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Jesus Christ enters into your house and he changes the situation. He brings transformation. I don't know what exactly you're praying for, but I know that the answer is Jesus Christ. It's always been Jesus and it always will be Jesus. Finances will come and go. Health will come and go. Situations will come and go. But Jesus Christ will remain the Lord of your life if you allow him to be there. Jesus Christ is the difference that we need in our life. Right now, like never before, this world is looking side to side to see if somebody's got an answer. And the answer has been, is, and always will be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The difference between the Christian world and the rest of the globe today is that one believes in the Lord Jesus and the other believes in panic. Panic is conquering this world. They're looking to government solutions. They're looking to a change in the economy. They're looking to a vaccine or something else that can solve something. But we can stand up today and say, choose today whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will trust in Jesus. As for me and my house, we don't need circumstances to prove to us his existence because we hear him knocking in our heart. Because we hear his voice and we allow him to enter and we choose to dine with him. Would you stand right there where you are in your home? Can I ask you to stand and we're going to pray together. We're going to ask Jesus Christ to continue to be the Lord in our life. And if you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, right now is the very time. Right now is the time to ask Him to enter. Ask Him to enter not just as a protector, not just as a provider, but as Lord. To enter as Lord. To enter as a God who is in control. Where my agenda gets put on the back burner. Where just because I don't see some kind of thing that I expected, my faith is not shaken. Hebrews talks about faith, chapter 11, and it says all these stories about Abraham, Isaac, about David. All these different stories. And the author of Hebrews writes, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, 
Stop the mouths of lions. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, we're made strong. Became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Our faith has to go past the circumstances. Our faith is not proven then when everything's good. But it's in times like this when circumstances truly are shaky. And when we decide that I don't even need deliverance of the circumstances. I choose to allow Jesus to enter. I choose to allow my heart to rest. I choose to have him as the Lord of my life. I will wake up with gratitude. I will walk through the day with gratitude. And I will go to sleep in gratitude. Not because of the circumstances, but because of the presence of the Most High God. Jesus Christ is in your house right now. You are allowed to praise him. You're allowed to give thanks. He's in control. He's entered your situation. The Bible says that He will not leave us nor forsake us. We will never be left alone. Jesus Christ is the Lord of our lives. As we pray right now, as we worship, I want to read this psalm over you. Psalm 24. It says, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? It is Jesus Christ, the Lion and the Lamb, the first and the last, the one who's never left you, never forsaken you, and He stands there at the door and knocks. Right now as we pray, talk to Him. Personally, one-on-one, -on -one, talk to Him because He's standing at the door and knocking. If fear has been knocking on your door ever, ever so loud, allow Jesus' voice to hush the fear, to silence that storm, to give you rest in the midst of turmoil. Allow Him to come in as a healer. Allow Him to come in as a protector. Allow Him to come in as the comforter. Allow Him to come in as peace. But most importantly, allow Him to come in as Lord. Allow Him to come in as Lord. Would you now lift up your hands right now, right where you're standing at home, and just pray to Him. Just allow Him to come in. Jesus Christ, we receive You. We open up the doors of our hearts, and we ask You, come in. Come in, the King of glory. Come in, Jesus, and reign in our life. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat after me and say, Jesus Christ, I bow down before you. I repent of my sins. I believe that you are my Savior. Thank you for dying on that cross, for giving your life for me, for bleeding on that cross for me. Would you wash my life with your blood? Would you forgive my sins? Would you enter my life and be my Lord and Savior? I no longer want to live for myself, but I choose to live for you. 
I choose to live for you. Hallelujah. Jesus, I pray for every single home. I pray for every single person, every church member, every person watching, everybody joining us right now, Lord God, would you send your peace into that situation. I pray, Lord God, healing where healing is needed. Jesus, enter as the healer. Enter as the healer into that situation. Break every chain. Break every yoke. We thank you so much. Jesus, we invite you to enter. Jesus, enter into every situation in our life. We thank you so much. We don't want to rely on our experience. We don't want to rely on, our, on the situations around us. But we give you all the glory and honor. We give you all the glory and honor. We praise your holy name, Jesus. We thank you and we exalt you. You are worthy, our Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Just pray right there where you are at home. Continue to pray. Continue to allow the presence of Jesus Christ to saturate your heart, saturate your faith, your home. Pray over your kids right now. Grab one another by the hand. Lay hands on one another. Stand in the gap for your family. Allow the blood of Jesus to flow over the doorposts. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord God, and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We bless one another. We bless our friends and family. And we thank you that we are confident in who we believe. That you were never, you never failed. You never failed. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Can we worship him right now? Right now as we sing, let's worship him. Not just with our mouth, but with our hearts. Worship the King of glory.